you're listening to Downworlder Dish, a Shadowhunter Chronicles podcast. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 155, where we will be discussing chapter four, five. What five. chapter is it, Robin? Ch- chapter five. five. Chapter five of City of Fallen Angels. Hell calls hell. I'm Kristen. I'm Robin. And I'm Amanda. <laughs> I made the doc, but I didn't do a very good job, so my bad. <laughs> you did a wonderful job. It's beautiful. Oh my gosh, you're amazing. Yes. So before we like really like dive in to some stuff, um, I have a little announcement to make. Um, this happened a while ago because we weren't watching that closely, but uh, we hit over a hundred thousand downloads. What? What? Which is yeah. super cool. Like, it's all time. Like, you that know. That is crazy. That's so freaking cool for us. Um, How many of those is me? <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Well, probably not more than 154. <laughs> you would think. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you for listening. That's It's super cool. Seriously. Seriously, thank you. That is amazing. So cool. I'm obsessed. It's it's awesome. And yeah, coolness. I don't know. Uh Uh-huh. I I feel weird. Let's move on. (laughs) (laughs) Awkward. Happy birthday. Okay, I have a question for you guys. And it is, are you a laundry everyday person or are you a weekend get it done laundry person? Kristen looks like she's not a laundry person at all. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the face you're giving me tells me <laughs> you nailed it <laughs> Robin you're three days a week yeah we usually do it three times a week I tried okay. to make a schedule and it didn't work mm-hmm. out but um, yeah it's usually three times a week okay do you separate though like I yeah. do a load of stuff that doesn't go in the dryer, a load of whites, and then a load of stuff that does go in the dryer. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, I um, I used to just mostly try to keep it to the weekend because when my adult children were both in the house, it was a lot of people trying to do laundry at once. Um, but now with two young kids, I realized to him, like, we're doing laundry every day, and it is so much easier than trying to just do it all on the weekend. My entire bed is just full of clothes literally a king size bed just all this stuff you know towels and everything and so I don't know I just thought it was interesting to think about my life is like a hobby lobby sign where it's like you know wash this um dry this fold is like three to five business days Uh (laughs) um yeah so I uh, laundry is my arch nemesis right okay um I do at least one to two loads of laundry a week. Um, It it doesn't matter what day. It's what day I have enough spoons to do it. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. uh, But, like, I fold and hang. Like, I don't ever only fold my clothes or only hang up my clothes. Like either I'm doing the whole thing and putting everything away or it's just going back into a, 
a laundry basket and sitting yes. there until I use it. Right. Um, so I do that, that the folding hanging process about four times a year. <laughs> um, the rest of the time. The rest of the time, my clothes are generally in a clean laundry basket versus a dirty laundry basket. That is amazing. Okay, listen. So you know if you haven't worn it in a while, if it's hanging up. Oh, for right. sure. For it's sure. It's opposite. Like, where you switch yeah. the hangers. Uh-huh. Okay, I don't want to talk too much about laundry, but I'm going to anyway because it's my life. Um, so this is oh, the wait. debate we have in our house. Real, real quick, I must add, everybody in my house does their own laundry. That's important. That's that's fair. Mm-hmm. Okay. We, Audrey, for the most part, will do her own now. But, like, I do, like, we all do ours together. So if I'm folding laundry, okay, I have four lines on my bed. So it's, like, socks and undergarments and then shirts and then pants and then stuff that gets hung up goes on the back. And so as I'm folding, like, three loads of laundry, everybody's stuff just goes in a line. And then they have to put, you have to put your row away, right? Mm. Okay. Or... But I usually don't put mine away because I feel like if I folded it, then, like, my husband can put it away from me when he puts away his stuff. And um, when he does laundry, it's like the wild, wild west. He'll, like, fold three shirts and put them in the dresser and then fold a couple more and then put it away. And I'm like, you are wasting so much time. What are you doing? Yeah. It stresses me out. I'm a little in between that. I usually go through and I'll deal with mine and Andy's stuff and throw the kids' stuff in the basket, back in the basket, because I'll dump the whole thing out. So I'll do the kids' stuff later. Yeah. Wait, Robin just got it. No, Robin just got some crazy look on her face. Please, I need, I need to know basket. what's going on in your head. She doesn't you, want me to dump it all out. Don't dump the ba- Don't. Why are you dumping it? You leave it in the basket. You f- unfold each piece as you're taking it out of Absolutely the basket. Absolutely not. Bending Absolutely over. Absolutely not. No, Absolutely not. Listen, my king size bed is big enough that the laundry no. basket isn't part of the line and it's all straight. And there's four of you and there's four rows. You can just do rows. No. no. So the laundry no, basket isn't my, on the no. floor. It's at waist height. I appreciate your organization, but yes. I, I don't love my family that much and they do their own fucking laundry. Um, and so when I need to do my stuff, I dump the whole thing on the bed. I go through, I sort underwear and socks off into a pile by themselves. I fold my pants and my t-shirts and then I have my stack of hangers and I hang everything up and lay it on my bed until everything's done. And then everything gets put away in the drawers and hung up all at once. Yeah. And then yeah. my socks and underwear, sometimes I match up my socks. I don't do that. But Wait, what? Not usually. You guys, so you're just like standing there in the mornings <laughs> in your bra and underwear and obviously your undershirt trying to find a match. Oh, I'm to your fully socks. dressed before I get socks out. Yeah. Yeah, for what? sure. Because yeah, I grab I socks know. on the way downstairs. Yeah. You guys don't wear skinny jeans anymore? So much easier to put your socks on first. Okay, listen, Linda. <laughs> I don't want to talk about laundry for 20 minutes, but I do. I'm sorry. I do have, have a another review. question <laughs> for you, Kristen. Oh, God. If each of you have, you do your own laundry. Yeah. And your laundry sits in two separate laundry baskets. Does that mean you have six laundry baskets in your house? Oh, we have like How nine. do you separate? How do you? Oh, so I was like, how do you separate everybody's dirty clothes? Like I have. What? So Jason has like a a double sided hamper, right? So okay. his jeans go in one, and then his his shirts that he washes on delicate go in the other. 
Um, and that's really all he wears. He doesn't really wear anything other than jeans and like a button down or a polo shirt to work. Um, and then like hoodies and stuff. But we usually, you know, wash that, wash your hoodie with whatever the fuck else you're washing. Uh-huh. Um, cause who the fuck cares? It's just a hoodie. Uh, and then he has a, a second, like, flat basket that he uses to, like, take a load to the laundry and, like, pull one out and stuff. And then Bryn has two. And then we have, a, a like, another, like, Roger. And then I've got two. So, like, I think that's Jeez nine. Louise. Where do you keep them all? Well, two of them, like, I have two, at, like, at the end of the bed. And then Jason has two by the bed. And then we have one that's on the floor by the closet. And then Britt has some. <laughs> you have one, one laundry basket. One laundry basket. Just one. one? I could not live my life like that. Oh, and no, Audrey has one. I have one and Audrey has one. But each, like the bathroom mm-hmm. and the kids' bedroom have hampers. And then we have two hampers oh, in okay. our mm-hmm. bathroom where one is clothes that do not get dried. And then the other one, because, like, we don't dry our hoodies. We don't dry our jeans. We don't dry any of my T-shirts. And so those are on their own. And then the stuff that gets dried is in one. So I just take the hamper to the laundry, put the dirty clothes in. I used to be very... Our our laundry's on the same level. And I know yours isn't, Amanda. So I know that's Mm -hmm. a difference, too. Mm -hmm. I used to be, like, very, like, anal about... um... Like, separating, like, my jeans or whatever, and, like, I wash them inside out, and I do this, and then, like, my darks and the lights. I separate by stuff that's white, which I own very little of, and so when I am washing that, I wash it separately anyways, Um, Mm -hmm. and then everything else. If there's something, like, you know, a bra or something like that, I just wash it by itself or with other, like, things, like... And that's on a, what, I don't wash my bras very often. Spoiler alert. Um, I, I just don't How care. do they stay tight? Yeah, I guess you don't really wear them. No, I really don't. <laughs> They're like jeans for me. I have to wash them for them to get the. The shape back? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. You guys, I didn't mean for that to go off the rails. I apologize. I just Look. had to know. And I really would like our listeners to chime in and tell us which of the three of us they are. Oh, Yeah. We're all very different. One super, super quick thing that I have to share, and then we'll move on because we're at our 10 minute mark. I, um, Amanda and I almost died on Tuesday. (gasps) Mm. What happened? Not really. We we were driving. It's Robin exaggerated. Was it of embarrassment? No. (laughs) Oh, that would be. This woman pulled. Okay, actually, looking back, I don't know if it was or not. It, well, it was. It was. It was. And she was definitely in the wrong. And she pulled out in front of us <gasps> on 99 in my car. Mm-hmm. And um, my reaction was awkward and weird. Yes. And I'll let Amanda share what happened while I was driving she legit, my car. The woman is pulling out and like we're going here and it was really close. <gasps> like she literally, it was crazy. Robin just goes, ma'am. <laughs> really loud, like screamed ma'am at her. That was her reaction. That was it. That was all she did. Oh, boy. And I'm like, what the fuck are you doing, lady? No. Robin is ma'am. That's it. I don't what know. What? I, I didn't honk the horn. There were no hand signals. What are you doing? 
I was she did ten and two. Yeah, I had my hands on the steering wheel. But um, that's how I yell at the cat when she's doing something wrong. Oh, my God. Ma'am, I need you to stop. And so I just yelled ma'am at this woman while she tried to murder us. Yeah. I cannot. It's amazing. Okay. This is wild. You guys, I have a review that I don't think that we have read aloud to the class. If we have... You're getting it again because it's a good one. Okay. Should I say this person's name? Um, maybe first name. I'll just say a first name. Mm-hmm. It's Shelly. And Shelly says, I'm a podcast newbie and this is one of the first ones I tried and I'm so glad that I did. I reread most of the Shadowhunter books in 2022 and then hit a wall and didn't finish because I didn't have anyone to talk about them with. Enter Downworlder Dish and my new sister friends, I'm sure, are related to me because they echo a lot of my thoughts about the books and real life. That nerd button sums me up beautifully. I'm right back into the stories. My goal is to be caught up by V-Tang Day. (laughs) It's slower now that I'm reading with you, ladies. Keep it classy, ladies. And (laughs) thank you for the chuckles and belly laughs. Happy 2023. Yay. Happy 2023. Thank you. I love that she says we're classy. I've never been referred to as classy. Maybe that was a joke. (laughs) In fact, my entire life I've been told that I don't know how to act. (laughs) Thank you so much for writing. Thank you, Shelly. Yes, And it was seriously. a Facebook review, which is totally cool. It really is. Yeah. Sometimes oh my gosh. we have trouble finding them and then remembering stuff. So right. thanks mm-hmm. for your patience. Yes. And maybe not, because maybe we read this already and we just don't know. Yeah. So. <laughs> I know I read it in my head. I just don't know if we read it aloud. Oh, my gosh. Uh, um, yeah. No. And I love the the, the sister friends. Because that me makes me think that of sister wives. And Robin and I used to call each other sister wives all the time. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then there was a real Robin and sister wives. And I don't want to be like her. No. Mm. Ew. Because you brush out your curls. Oh, my God. <laughs> Among other things. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was the main reason. Just kidding. Oh. Okay. What? Oh, no. Just kidding. Hold I on. Think that. Whoopsie daisy. I'm a little... Done technical error there i hit my earbud and oh i hate that turned it off (laughs) wow we're off to a banging start guys um thank you very much for that review that was amazing uh why don't we cut the chit chat here before we devolve any further and kick things off with robin's recap previously on downworld or dish Simon is seated on the steps of the library, taking a meeting from the reigning head bitch in charge of the New York City vampire clan, Mr. Santiago. Simon lets some of the woes from his chest, explaining to Raphael what happened with his mother and figuring out that he's just up-leveling one of his new vampy skills. As always, the conversation with Raphael leads to a bit of a scuffle of wits, and they argue over their favorite subject, Simon's chicken soup for the undead soul. Simon tries to sniff out some clues about Raphael's thoughts on Camille, but the subject is sour. Back with our favorite Shadowhunter couple, Jason and Clary are enjoying a picnic at the park. 
favorite Shadowhunter couple in this series. Let me just interject that. <laughs> and um, Jace's restless night has caused him to take a nap under the tree. Clary is sketching him when Jace starts to have a bad dream, and Clary gives him a kiss to wake him up, turning the fairy tale on its head. I like it. That sounded more like Picasso. I like it in my head. <clears throat> the couple have a surprisingly deep conversation that is almost opposite to the way Clary feels about Jace being distant since the war. Like, and mentally, she's like, oh, you're being so weird. But she's like, oh, give me all the loving. Um, they almost <laughs> get to start training um, in order to get Clary a leg up on impressing the new Institute tutor when they're interrupted by the Seelie Queen. She's bringing tides of ill news, another dead shadow hunter whose body is being kept by her court. Jace leaves to call Maris to tell her the news, and the Queen Zero is in on Clary, digging up all her hidden feelings about her relationship with Jace, leaving her crying at the end. Later, we're back with Simon, who ended up in Eric's garage and is on the phone with Clary, who's having the same conversation, urging him to retell his mom about him being a vampire, otherwise he's going to end up alone. Simon waves off her advice and her offer of Luke and Jocelyn coming with him, and decides that he's in too bad of a mood to have a conversation with her and hangs up. The newest member of the band, Kyle, arrives looking for his keys, but finding a displaced Simon. The two get to talking, and Kyle ends up offering him his newly vacated room in his apartment in Alphabet City, realizing that even if Kyle had the skin of a killer, this is the skin of a killer, Bella, he couldn't be murdered, so he takes him up on his offer, and the pair head out. Oh, snap. I um, saw... A bunch of frost on my car that morning and I was I thought that this is a skin of a killer Bella <laughs> I really quick I'm not gonna get sidetracked I took my daughter shopping we went to Hot Topic which is you know Ooh. it speaks to my middle school soul mm-hmm. we walk in and I'm just like how how is Twilight back and this time like it's the it. I don't know. Speechless. Is it ironically? It doesn't feel. It feels like it's gone overboard. Like I feel like we've gone now into the unironic territory again. Oh, it's, okay. Listen, it's the circle of merch. Harry Potter came back with a resounding like smack, mm-hmm. and you could get merch everywhere, and it was super about it. And yeah. It was feeding your millennial soul. Yeah. And now that time for us has passed. Because Twilight was after. Like, we couldn't fangirl about Twilight like we could about Harry Potter because we were just a little bit too old. So I now guess. it's their turn. I guess. I don't... I, but... Did you say it's dangerous? Like something better. What? Did you say now it's dangerous? Me? Yeah. I said now Obviously. it's their turn. Their turn. I said <laughs> now it's dangerous. And I was like, okay. This is serious. <laughs> I just, I'm just like, oh God, get, pick something better. <laughs> Listen, I watched them as an adult and I had heard all the like spider monkey mm-hmm. stupid stuff. But to be honest with you, I kind of liked it. Obviously I didn't like the what's her face, Bella, <laughs> but I kind of liked it. Yeah. Not going to lie. I wouldn't TikTok wear like a t-shirt me. or anything, but. Oh, I mean, Maybe. TikTok I'm, told me Crescent City was based off of Zootopia, so I'm kind of reeling on that. Yeah. <laughs> What's a Crescent City? It's oh. the ladies that yeah. wrote Akatar's next line of books. Anyway, oh. 
Conjunction anyway, Junction. We, wow, really, I promised I even said I wouldn't. Okay, so I'm liking this trend of Simon being the first POV character in a chapter because that means that it's my part and he's got the most interesting storyline in this book and that means that my job is easy. So yay and bummer for you guys for having to do the heavy lifting. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, first up, an apartment tour. I'm envisioning like an MTV crib situation. Seriously though, the dirtbag nostalgia is so strong right now. Like reading this chapter, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I miss it so much, you guys. <laughs> really. Uh, it's a disgusting, cheapest as you can find, but at the end of the day, your neighbor isn't going to stab you and you have solid walls that don't leak and the mildew is contained to the bathroom. Like what more could you really ask for? <laughs> yes. Just kidding. Kyle's apartment is actually like way better than most first apartments in my experience. In my experience, mm -hmm. first apartments are terrible. Yes. Agreed. Um, <clears throat> so it's like a two bedroom and he's like not sweating the rent on it, which is. I was sus. thinking that too. Uh-huh. <laughs> Secondly, it's actually clean and they didn't just like paint over the mold. Like, can you tell we live in a wet climate? Like, <laughs> Right. How do you get rid of mold? You just paint over it, right? With right. kills. With kills, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it says it kills it right on the right on the top. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Kyle's actually got his place, like, all kitted out. And he's got, like, books because he's sophisticated. A real-ish furniture. It's better than a love sack, which was mm -hmm. all the rage when I was hanging out in people's first time apartments, which was when I was too young to have a first time apartment, but <laughs> it's neither here nor there. But I remember this one chick, we, we used to go and crash at her apartment and she had like these two giant love sacks, like, and that was her furniture and she had a bed in Those her bedroom. Those were expensive. I don't blame her for only having that. Uh, but you could buy a real couch for less. Yeah. <laughs> But I guess, you know, I mean, we were fucking, and I think she was like 19, 20. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, she could buy beer. She was 21. <laughs> I remember the, when you got real furniture and I was impressed. Dude, that was fucking intense. And I was I so had, stressed out. I had, well, and I kept like a three-year-old human alive at that time, but your furniture impressed me more than that. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, I don't recommend it. I, I promise mm -hmm. you, buying new furniture, it was so nerve-wracking, and it was destroyed within a couple of years, and of not course. absolutely not worth the thousands of dollars I spent. Mm -hmm. Except I the I just table, remember the right? dining room table. Yeah. Hmm? The table was worth it, though. The table, yeah. I still have the table. Just not the couches. Yeah. yeah. Not the couches. Um, where were we? Oh, yes. Kyle's whole situation he's got like real ish furniture it's a futon but it's like a futon couch that's okay okay mm -hmm. he's got fo photos on the wall instead of posters which is like whoa a step up okay and uh -huh. you guys a flat screen tv gasp <gasps> <laughs> oh my god i love it when these books age themselves yes <laughs> He does appear to be growing Mary Jane on the old balcony, uh, but, you know, you can't wear them all, so whatever. Right, right. 
Simon's room is, however, less refined dirtbag and more like sad divorced dad in his first apartment with a futon and a single bag of personal belongings. That's really sad. You really it's, put that into perspective. Listen, it's funny because the dad cheated. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'll take it. Yeah. So serves him right. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But Tymon, Tymon? But Simon's a teenage vampire, so what the hell does he care? Um, So he's got a sad life now. Um, The only thing to do is play video games about it. Like, (laughs) it's the only way he knows how to handle his emotions because he's Mm -hmm. a stunted uh, teenage boy in the mid-aughts. So... Kyle is, like, the coolest roommate ever. He doesn't ask for rent, but instead to just, like, chip in on groceries. And since Simon doesn't eat, he's making out pretty good on that deal. So, like, <laughs> I just have to split the food for one person? That's super easy. Thanks, bud. Um, so even though it's just, like, a futon in a room, which is it clear if it's a futon or just a futon mattress? I think it's just a futon mattress. I think it was mattress. just a mattress. I think yeah. so, too. So Kyle goes to work a quote-unquote night shift doing what? Simon doesn't know. He hasn't asked yet, which is fabulous. I love this for him. Like, it must be great to be a man and not have to ask those questions before you move in with somebody. What? Seriously. (sighs) Oh, you guys. But then Simon's alone with his thoughts, and they're not great company. Um, He can't get the image of his mother's face, like the way she... Quote, the way she looked at him with loathing and fear. Yikes. I don't like it. Yeah. That's awful. Those intrusive thoughts are not helpful. So there's something about being in a different place that helps Simon disassociate a bit and gain some distance from his deeply traumatic experiences that are rapidly compounding. Uh, (laughs) Just this week, he had a horrible fight with his mother and found himself in need of a place to live. And the magical rune his biffle drew on his forehead turned a mugger into a pillar of salt. So, like, shit's been popping off. Those Mm -hmm. are two very, like... High stress, high trauma situations to happen back to back. Like, bro's reeling, and that's okay. He needs, he needs to take some some downtime. Um, so, needless to say, Simon didn't exactly sleep like a baby. Neither of you are looking at me, and I'm doing finger guns. I at saw you. your finger guns. <laughs> uh, I missed them. He didn't exactly sleep like a baby. Whatever. Fuck you. Um, I love it. (laughs) The next morning, Kyle was up frying eggs and bacon in a Teflon pan, which made me giggle. I lolled out loud. (laughs) It's such a strange thing to, like, date a book, but, like, here we are. Teflon. Are Teflon pans not cool anymore? No, but, like, they were just so popular at the time. Oh, yeah. And, like, now, like, you have, like, a whole group of people that are, like, I won't use Teflon because, like, when it flakes off, it's poison and, you know. Mm -hmm. But, like, at the Mm -hmm. time, it was, like, can you make an egg and it doesn't stick to your pan? Holy shit. Like, it was, Yeah. Dude, (laughs) I want to find ceramic pans. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Finding an egg size one has been proving difficult. Mm. Uh, where was I? Oh, when Simon declines breakfast, uh, obviously because he doesn't 
eat the foods anymore. Uh, Kyle yep. gives him kind of like a lecture about breakfast being the most important meal of the day, and it just makes me more suspicious. Like, this yeah. is not normal behavior, right? Right. I don't... Also, just, he's older. So... I was just going to say, yeah. Yeah. So Simon uses this opportunity to, like, change the subject and get some much-needed info about Kyle, which is, like, good thinking, buddy. You need to figure some shit out. It's about time. So (laughs) he works as a bike messenger, not a drug dealer, which is nice. Um, Or at least not only a drug dealer, as far as we know. (laughs) Jury's still out. Um... (laughs) And while they're talking, Simon makes note of, like, Kyle's necklace. And it has, like, a wolf paw on it. And a word that Simon recognizes as, like, saint or relating to saint, which leads him to think that Kyle might be Catholic, which I was like, okay, cool, interesting. You know, he's got that, like, super vampy eyesight now. So I guess Uh he can zoom in and read an engraving on someone's throat. That's pretty I cool. think it means that he um, has a St. Bernard personality, and so he's just a really good friend. Got it. <laughs> and so he'll let you stay there for free. Got it. He's like Beethoven. Yeah. Exactly. He's going to see that Simon's drowning in a pool and go save him. Yes. Which is like the wor- like the on-edge scene of that whole movie, dude. Absolutely. Huh? Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. So these two are not conversationalists. Uh, the topic runs dry um, pretty quick, and Simon's internal monologue is, like, emo as fuck, too. So, <laughs> this is their, their conversation. Uh, got my GED senior year. I prefer the school of life. Simon <sighs> would have thought Kyle sounded ridiculous if it weren't for the fact that he said school of life the way he said everything else, with total sincerity. What about you? Any plans? Oh, you know, wander the earth, causing death and destruction to innocent people. Maybe drink some blood, live forever, but never have any fun. The usual. This is his internal monologue. Uh, I'm kind of winging it at the moment, is what he says. Right? Simon. Bro. (laughs) There's no sense in being that emo internally. If you're not going to use it. Never having any fun. (laughs) Yeah. If you're not going to use it on Facebook. (laughs) Robin. Is this the pot calling the kettle black? Uh, I'm just pointing at myself. That's what I do. We don't do that. What do, what do you call that? Like a despair tornado in your brain? Dude. Oh, God. The doom spiral. Poor kid. Thank you. Despair tornado. <laughs> Listen, Robin, this is why we are unbeatable at catchphrase. It's true. You guys are amazing. I'll never forget. Never, ever. Burned into my soul. (laughs) So (laughs) Cassie is really doing the most. I think specifically for people like Amanda to force you to be sympathetic to Simon. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she had to have caught on by now, right? She's written another another few books, and she's like, yeah, yeah, he's kind of creepy, so yeah. let's try to make people feel bad for him. We need to make... Which it worked. We need to put him through the shit to make his redemption, like, justifiable. Like, he's got to yes. suffer because he was a real tool. Yeah, exactly. 
I will say that it is, I mean, I don't like him, obviously, still, but it is working a little bit. Although moments like this where I'm just kind of like, bro, <laughs> like, do something about it, you know? Like, I don't know. Take an what action. What is he supposed to do, I guess? Yeah. But. So Maya calls uh, and interrupts their conversation to confirm that, like, Simon's going to be with Clary at the dress fitting. Um because she's got to just deliver a message to Luke and wanted to use the excuse to see her boy toy. Um, and Simon forgets for a second uh, before remembering, like, he's like, what? Oh, yeah. Clary, quote, Clary had demanded that Simon accompany her to her bridesmaid's dress fitting. So afterward, they could shop for comics and she could feel, in her words, le- like, quote, less of a frilled up girly girl. Okay. Oh, come on, Fairchild. Come off of it. I am not. No. You happily wore uh, Amatus's dress to the celebration at the Accords Hall after the war. No one made you do that. You chose that. You felt pretty. So maybe let's stop acting like a child. And by the way, does anyone believe for a second that Jocelyn would object to Clary wearing like a pantsuit? Problem solved, people. Charlotte would mm-hmm. be so disappointed in you. Like, what the <laughs> fuck? You whiny, insufferable teenager oh my god it's true like it's funny because you kind of called that last week amanda Uh yeah and when i was reading it i was like oh the comic store that'll be nice for simon no it's not for simon no no No, nothing's ever for simon it's all for clary always main character energy (laughs) yeah she's not a saint bernard (laughs) no Oh, and by the way, Maya reminds Simon that uh, they need to coordinate wedding outfits. Like, whoopsie, <laughs> we haven't done that yet. You better get let me know so we don't clash. <laughs> Awkward. Oh, my God. I love that that's something <gasps> that's on anyone's mind, by the way. Dude, Simon, my dude, I'm trying, but you're not making it easy. And Kyle seems to agree. Okay, so... He's heard the tale of the two wifeys, but he doesn't have all the deets because he mistakes Clary for one of Simon's girlfriends in which Simon (laughs) immediately corrects him and says, uh, quote, she has a boyfriend, like a really, 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 oh, like really, really, really has a boyfriend, the nuclear bomb of boyfriends. Wow. What? (laughs) Yeah. Like, I... I get that Jace is, like, a super good shadow hunter, but, like, Jace has never been a loose cannon. I mean, has does he? he mean, like, if Kyle goes for him, her, maybe Jace would... I don't know. It's I don't a weird, know what it's he's a weird implying. Thing. I like, think he's a big he's deal. Saying, like, he's the boyfriend to end all boyfriends, like, the, like, eight, like, the top boyfriends it's like i don't know like they're super in like, love like like god tier boyfriend or like but never gonna break me uh, up <laughs> never gonna let listen <laughs> at this point in the series uh-huh okay that we're at when we're having this conversation they were coupled up basically at the end of the last trilogy yeah and my mind is blinking on the name of that book city Sweet. of glass glass thank you and since then it seems like jace has been kind of absent yeah so why is Uh simon saying he's like what has he done to be this great boyfriend for her i i just i feel like it's just a a metaphor that doesn't land right Uh uh-huh 
you know, it's like, just one of those things I that think, I'm like, that just doesn't make any sense to me. I think he's saying basically like Simon in his brain is like, I can't compete with him. I can't right. compare to him. Yeah. I can't right. be like Clary's feelings to him. But I don't think at this point, at this juncture, he's done anything super significant. Right. Mm-hmm. In the terms of like, I guess, I mean, obviously he's a war hero and like super all hot stuff and yeah. super attractive. And right. he cl- he cares for Clary. But as far as like. Just in the aspect of being a boyfriend. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I'm forgetting something. Or maybe it's just not that deep and we're looking too deep into it, which is, you know, kind of what we do. So. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It, it threw me off. And when. So when Kyle is now talking to him, he's like, he's not done with the advice. He also agrees that Simon needs to figure out his shit and pick one. Right. And when he's saying this, he's got his back to Simon and there's like a little bit like Simon's inner monologue. He's like, I can't tell if like, he's just tense or if like, he's mad about this conversation that we're having or like what. But then like when he turns around, everything's fine. And I'm like, no, Simon is a vampire now. His senses are super heightened. I think this is a case of Simon not wanting to admit what he's really seeing is real because he doesn't mm-hmm. understand why. It's misplaced. Like, right, why is he mad? Right? Why is he so invested in what I'm doing with my personal life? Exactly. Exactly. But I just, it was one of those things that I'm like, hmm, okay. Why? Well, that's interesting. So Simon knows obviously he agrees that he does need to pick one um it's just easier said than done mostly because he hasn't really tried (laughs) right (laughs) he's stuck in the i know what needs to happen but i can't get myself up off the couch situation Mm -hmm. which i know well um (laughs) right specifically about laundry like i said (laughs) four times a year it's fine it's enough i love it quarterly (laughs) So, uh, skipping over, like, that's really it. That's just kind of, like, how they leave it, which is a little cliffhangery, but okay. So, skipping uh-huh. over to Clary's point of view, uh, we're getting our fitting on. Hello. Um, Clary got to pick out whatever she wanted since she was the only bridesmaid, which, again, so why is she complaining? Like, she got to pick everything. So, what, uh-huh. what are you bitching about? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Anyway. So... Her only jewelry is, like, she's wearing, like, this uh, copper silk. And the, her only jewelry is uh, the Morgenstern ring. <laughs> Which, yikes. How awkward for Jocelyn. Yeah. I, mm, add some, adds a bit much. <laughs> like, that's really some main me. character energy. I am only <laughs> thinking about myself and nobody else. I mean, it sounds like it would just be huge to, like, a Super Bowl ring or something. You know what I mean? Like, just, how does that go with any, you know? Is that what you, do you imagine when they talk about their family rings, like, like, class ring? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, like, a, like I absolutely 100%. do. Like, like, a signet ring or something that would uh-huh. have, like, a, yeah, for sure. Uh-huh. Oh, so oh. ugly. Anyway. Okay, and then here's my other question. I have a question about yeah. the rings. Do you think, I know some of them have to be, like, passed down. Like, this was uh-huh. your great-great-great-great-grandfather's or whatever. But obviously there's different amount of children for different, like, so do you think there's, like, a jeweler in Idris that makes rings? Okay. 
do not come at me because I don't remember. I don't know if this is just in my mind palace. I came up with this or if it's real. <laughs> mind palace. I think they're made by the Iron Sisters. Okay. That would make sense. I think they get them through them because they're like, I think like the patterns are so, like specific to each family kind of a thing. Uh-huh. But I that could be 100% making that up. I don't know. Well, cause that's what I'm imagining. There's like a jeweler that has like the, like like a big book. S- like which one are you? <laughs> you know, is mm-hmm. what I want to say. In my head, I'm thinking of silicone molds, and that's not right. Um, and then like you can just go order like like you would order out of like a spirit book. <laughs> I'd like the t-shirt, and yeah. I want the tote bag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. <laughs> can I get a? Space. Can I get a? a, a Whatchamacallit? A serif blade with, like, the hilt to look like the... Right. They have their own Etsy where they start selling, exactly. like, tumblers and stuff. That's what I was just stuff. thinking. <laughs> like, <laughs> grips for your serif blades that just, like, clamp on or whatever. And it's a $200 tumbled tumbler debacle, but yep. in yep, Shadowhunter world, yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. $200 tumbler. Oh. So at the dress shop, Maya, who I thought came to spend time with Simon, is just playing on his Nintendo DS. So like, is she even She's dating just you? Using him, or is yeah. she just using you for your electronics, your game system? She comes over to play Xbox, right? And she also has no opinion um, because she is, as well as Clary, a quote no dress girl trademark pending. Um. So and there are some like. Here comes some impar- comparison. So Maya uh, is a was a jeans and t-shirt type in Simon's mind. He's like having this conversation in his head. A uh, video game playing kind of girl. Like, you know, that's she's just a chill, low maintenance. And Izzy, on the other hand, is like spandex and high heels while killing demons kind of girl. So very two two sides of very different sides, right? Well, and that's why it's weird that because we we know that obviously Clary wants to look good. Mm -hmm. Everyone wants to look good all the time. Why invite Simon to the dress fitting and not Izzy, who is your friend now, Mm -hmm. who could help give you good advice, knows what she's doing. And then Simon can meet you after. Because Clary has internalized Mm -hmm. patriarchy. misogyny internalized misogyny and she hates mm-hmm. women we see it time and time again she puts other yep. women down i'm not a girly girl like there's something wrong with that she has a really hard time connecting with izzy because of it because she's never been able to get along with women because she thinks badly of other women to make herself feel better she's Silly. got some shit to work out <laughs> for shizzle robin do you have anything to add here here that's all I was going to say. Here, here. Here, here. Oh, my God. Okay. Um, so Jocelyn and Luke arrive, and Maya, like, peels off to deliver her message to Luke uh, from the pack, uh, while the shopkeep uh, whisks Jocelyn back um, to try on her dress. And the owner, like, scolds Luke and is like, stay right there, which confuses Luke because after nearly 20 years, he hasn't watched a movie or picked up on any sort of culture to understand a very common superstition that mundanes hold. But, you know, sure, maybe not. 
Uh, Clary reminds him uh, of this and Luke gets his like, oh, m- mundanes are so strange quip in. It's dumb. It is. <laughs> and it's also not accurate in a different series of books. Right. So there's that. Oh, okay. Which is, things are allowed to change. This was written first. But yeah. That is all okay. I have to say about that. <sighs> it's my yeah, non-spoilery so... jab. That's mm-hmm. all. Uh, Maya, by the way, while I was typing this, I kept calling her Myra for some reason. I don't know why. So hopefully I don't slip and accidentally call her that. Anyway. Start calling her Moira. Yes, exactly. I'm sure that's what was on my mind. So she asks Luke if Shadowhunter weddings have traditions too. And Luke explains that they do. But since he and Jocelyn can't bear runes, they won't be able to get the cool finger ring tattoos that all Shadowhunters get. Just kidding. It's not really around their finger. But um, I feel like it would be barbed wire or something with a heart. I don't know. Anyway. Did I tell you about um, my Omar and I's 10-year wedding anniversary is coming up? And I was like, it would be cool to do like a wedding ring, finger tattoo, whatever. And in my head, the first thing that I went to because I like ghosts and Halloween and that kind of stuff is like, how cool would it be to get the number 13 like tattooed on your finger? Your like, husband cannot do that. And then afterwards, I was, as I'm talking, I'm like, he can't do that. Absolutely like, not. That's not the same vibe on both of us. It's not the same vibe. It's not. Oh because we we got married in 2013. That would be why. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> not just I don't yeah. it's, it's, it's Have the him vibe try to explain that. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. No, I, I swear. Like, I was like, maybe Roman numerals 2013, like actual right. like that. Right, 2013, yeah. We decided um, that we would probably get ghosts on our hands, that when they put, they paid a heart when their hands went together. That's cute. And so stuff. freaking cute. That's so very cute. cute. TBD. Love it. I love it. Which is better than that. Yeah. Continue. It Sorry, is. I just. Yeah, no, you're fine. Love it. Yep. Oh my God. Okay, anyway. Okay, so Myra, just kidding. Maya feels, uh, she feels for Luke, but he assures her, like, because he's, you know, he seems kind of disappointed that they can't do the rune ceremony thing. Um, But he assures her that um, not only is he getting to marry, like, the Jocelyn of his dreams, but the new council members are making a lot of changes to tolerate is the last word and then he gets cut Ugh. off by jocelyn yelling for clary and maya's like eh sounds like some sort of address emergency mattress emergency i'm <coughs> out of here that's what we call it when someone calls you on your day off uh-huh because we work for a mattress oh company anyway so i'm curious what your guys' thoughts are about what luke was getting to though and maybe you guys know but like to me jocelyn isn't a shadow hunter anymore right technically like does does it work that way because she still has the blood she's still a shadow hunter she's just been she's like in exile that okay so uh she's like excommunicated from the shadow hunting world they did strip her of her marks right she ran away well and like but she went back into idris right yeah oh yeah so you'd think like they would have like captured her afterwards and been like her daughter saved the world so they were like right i guess we can't but really that was what execute was you say, yeah. or strip you and like do some horrible thing to you yeah well and going back to what we know like will's dad left 
to be with his mom, who was not mm-hmm. a shadow hunter, and he was stripped of his runes, and yeah. then Will wasn't allowed to see him anymore. Right. Which doesn't seem like that's been laid down for Clary with Jocelyn. Like, it's it's different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, and that, it, maybe that's what he's getting at, the tolerate thing, because maybe, you know, they're becoming more okay with shadow hunters marrying downworlders. Well, uh-huh. with, I don't know. I don't know if they're super okay with shadow hunters marrying downworlders, but they don't claim Jocelyn as a shadow hunter anymore. She's like kind of on the outskirts. So like they can't really say you can't see her because she's going to get married to the guy who's leading the wolf pack. And they've just basically signed an agreement with the wolf pack. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think it's like, ew, the fucking shadow hunter. I I hate the word tolerate. It just, it sticks in my craw the wrong way. Um, But I think that that's what he means is, like, they're making accommodations to the norm, like, the unspoken rules and stuff and the, like, that kind of stuff to make room for the the different parts of the council as the, because mm-hmm. they've given them seats on the council. So, mm-hmm. right. Like you're saying, there's no way that she wouldn't be able to, like, she's going to be there because of Luke. Yeah. 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 And he could okay. also get a tattoo of the wedding room. If he wanted to. Yeah. And then could. Jocelyn could take the actual room. Yeah. But also, right? I wonder, so, so obviously Jocelyn and Luke are never POV characters, at least that, that I can remember in any significant mm-hmm. way. Um, but I think, I, I wonder if from their point of view, some of that is like, the the shadow hunters kind of, like the whole society kind of is real bad. Like, it's not good. Like, th- yeah. these are, these are like, racist, like, fascist fucking people that are, like, hiding under, you know, this magical, shiny thing. Like, their system's real fucked. And the, what they're doing right now is, like, trying to overhaul it and stuff. So, as both Jocelyn and, and Luke, who had been exiled from this very toxic society that, like, on the outside looks all nice and dandy, but is, like, really messed up on the inside. Mm-hmm. Um as both of them, I'd kind of be like, maybe I don't want to carry on a tradition of that, you know? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Well, and it seems like, obviously, the circle, circle bad. But <laughs> I could see a Luke or a Jocelyn, as of now, being like, we wanted to make things better and change and, mm-hmm. like, change the clave because the clave does all this bad stuff. Like, I didn't realize we were signing up for something that was, like, way worse than that. Mm-hmm. And then kind of got indoctrinated with yeah. it. And then when we realized what it was doing, we were like, oh, shit, backpedal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and even as, like, before this stuff really starts kicking off, before Valentine's, like, influences start, we see that the the clave, in a response to the circle over that last, you know, 20 years since that happened, has become way more rigid and way more suspicious and that mm-hmm. has bred you know these kinds of like an inquisitor that is kind of really amoral and you know people that are doing things like uh what malachi you know doing things under undercover working with valentine mm-hmm. to like you know it there's the corruption is there because of that fear from what the circle almost did i think right so it's it's just an interesting like slice of the world building that makes you think about like like you know this isn't just a YA like this is a full world that like mm-hmm. there's some sh- crazy shit going on like it's wild yeah. mm-hmm. <sighs> I love it it's true 
Um, okay, so when Maya leaves, she gives Simon his DS back and gives him a smooch on the cheek. And we get another, like, little inside of a vamp's mind. Simon notes that all downworlders' blood smells different. Person slash wolves smell like salt and lemon. Fairies like dead flowers. Warlocks like burnt matches. And other vamps smell like metal. Which is interesting because vamps don't have blood, right? Technically? Is that how it works? I don't know. I think they have blood. It's just the blood that they're... That's right, because they have to drink a blood to be a... Okay, anyway, it's interesting. Uh, So Clary asks him about... Oh, she she'd asked him once about what Shadowhunter blood smells like. (laughs) And um, I'm glad she asked, obviously, because we all want to know, but apparently it smells like sunlight. And I'm like, I don't know what that is. Hmm. I feel like it's one of those things where you're like, you've been sick and you're in the house for like days at a time. Someone comes in and you're like, oh my God, you smell like the outside, Mm -hmm. but you don't really know what it smells like. Is that sunshine? I don't know. But that doesn't smell good to me. I'm, yeah. I'm still over here. I'm stuck on the person slash wolves. I'm like, I bet they'd be, they'd taste great to like take a body shot off of. (laughs) (laughs) Salt and lemon. Yep. Just need some tequila. I'm just like, that sounds like a good time to me. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) (laughs) But sunlight is a very, like, that's a very, like, of course, yeah. Like, I don't, of no, course it does. Like, how so is stupid. yours is so different than mine, right? Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. So the icing on the cake of this um, thruple that Simon has created, Maya calls Simon baby when she leaves. And yeah. so Clary was obviously paying attention to it. And she's like, I'll get you and your little dog, too. She warns him that if he doesn't come clean soon, she's going to do it for him. I'm going to get you. And Luke wonders what's going on. Obviously, he's like, what? What are you guys talking about? But Simon cautiously steers the conversation away from his two-timing of one of Luke's pack members. Mm, So, (laughs) yeah, he asks Luke if um, he's ever heard of Camille. And Luke is, like, really surprised that Simon would know anything of her or, like, anything about the local clan because he thought Simon wanted to try to be as human as possible. And so I'm going to read this because I want to, and it's a good explanation. Um, this is from Luke. He's explaining to Simon. He says, now by the time, by the time I took over the downtown pack from the previous pack leader, she had put Raphael in charge. I didn't think anyone knew she was where she was. I didn't think anyone God, I don't think anyone knew where she's gone exactly, but she is something of a legend. An extra, extra, oh my God, you guys, I can't talk. An extraordinarily old vampire from everything I understand, famously cruel and cunning. She could give the fair folk a run for their money. And that sounds very accurate. And I think it's a great description. I am interested though about the fair folk piece of it. Mm -hmm. okay so simon tries to pass off hearing her name from Raphael, just like yeah i heard her mention him whatever or heard him mention her but even that has luke curious he's because you know he's like so you've been in touch with Raphael recently like what what are you doing and he is saved by the bell because jace walks in and distracts them Hmm. and jace looks tired and he smells like the outside (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> and um, he's he walks in. He's like surprised by all the white because like we've talked about, the white isn't for them. And Luke explains to Simon, you know, white is what shadow hunters wear to funerals. So that is why he's surprised. Anyway, Clary comes out and realizes that Jace is there and she obviously didn't expect him. And so when he sees her, it's like a she's all that moment in slow-mo. Oh, and he's like super smitten over her. And Simon mentally notes that he feels uncomfortable watching this interaction because somehow it felt like a private moment between them. <laughs> <laughs> Which somehow feels a little icky to me. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> so Clary asks Jace, like, what are you doing here? I thought that you couldn't come because of a conclave meeting. And I have two points about this. First, I thought only adults could go to those meetings. I feel like we talked about that in the past. Uh-huh. Secondly, mm-hmm. why is Clary inviting every freaking person she knows to this appointment? It's weird. I oh, think yeah, it would have been better. In- Invited, yeah. obviously, she invited Jace. Yeah. Well, why? Like, also, did she invite Jace and then he couldn't go, so she invited Simon? Exactly. Yes. Mm. That's mm-hmm. my, that's what I would think. Mm hmm. Yeah. I, it's, it, the whole thing is weird. I mean, yeah, I guess we kind of went over it. Like, it's just surprising to me that Luke even wants to be there. But I guess, like you had mentioned, like, he's surprised by the Mundy These traditions. These codependent so motherfuckers, but... let me tell you. Yes. <laughs> like, do something on your own. Relax. Find a TV show you like or something. Like, give me a few minutes, bro. <laughs> yeah. Bro. <laughs> so Luke asks Jake about Jake. Oh, my gosh, you guys, I'm losing it today. Luke asks Jace about the body in the park before and before he can answer um, Clary's question, they kind of start talking about this body or whatever or the multiple bodies. And so far, Jace says that they know it's not a conclave member, but the silent brothers are still looking into them now to like to figure out who they are. And eventually Jace gets just down to it. He's here for the jacket. That's it. He wants his jacket, bro. He's cold. She borrowed it yesterday and he wants it back. And because of plot, she brought it with her. I don't know why he would think that um, unless they had talked about it, she would have it. So it was really weird to stop by the dress shop. Like, I mean, I guess like her plan was to bring it to him later in the day. So I get why it's there. It makes sense. But like, why would he think that? It's just weird. It's very weird. Okay, like, I get that he's a shadow hunter and all of that, but he's a teenager and he's dated enough that Jace should know when your girlfriend steals your jacket, it is no longer your jacket until Mm -hmm. she decides to deign to give it back to you, if she so chooses. So you better find another jacket. Like, what? I don't, you don't come asking. No, absolutely not. How dare you? Don't come knocking on the door for this. It's like he's out in public and just happens to be like, oh, I'm cold. I should stop by this place that's a few blocks away. It's just, it's so strange. Yeah. Because there's not a closet full of gear jackets at the institute where I live. Right. So I could yes. just grab another jacket. Mm. Uh-huh. I just want to know <sighs> what, like, obviously he's not there for the jacket. We know mm-hmm. this. But, like, I wonder what, like, is he trailing her? Does he, like... Did right? he like have FOMO when he was like, I really got to figure out what's happening here. I just want to know what <laughs> gotta the real see the dress. reason is. Right. 
Uh, well, and also I'm like, what is this jacket? Like, obviously it's not some special jacket because we never hear about a specific yeah. jacket that, you know, is dear to him or anything like that. I'm like, what a missed opportunity. Like, tell me about this jacket. What does mm-hmm. this jacket, does it have zip off sleeves? What's going on? Tell me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's actually um, turns into a vest. Two fourths of a jacket. Yeah. <laughs> two fourths of a jacket. Yeah. It's perfect. Oh my gosh. Okay, so she doesn't want to be without him for long. So Clary invites him um, to go munch on some grindage with them after the appointment. <laughs> but he says he can't because he has to train. So he can't stay. And she's confused because she's like, We trained yesterday? Like, what the hell? And he's like, um, some shadow hunters have to train every day, boo boo. Okay, <sighs> bye. And apparently he didn't say it in a move. rude way, but no, it's it was rude. It was rude. Yeah, it was rude. It's How always rude. rude to say something always, like that. Yeah. So obviously, mine is too. Her little teenager heart is hurt. She starts taking her hairpins out and she's crying and like Luke tries to comfort her by reminding her that weddings make men nervous. Nah. Nah. Vomit. No excuses. Pass. Pass. <laughs> Fucking pass. <laughs> Luke. Boys you will were... be boys. <laughs> Your fuckability is seriously diminishing by the moment. You should shut the fuck up. Yes. I know. Go back to being daddy Luke. Yeah. <laughs> seriously. Not patriotty, Luke. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> I not patriotty. There it is there. The title. Yeah. Don't do this. <sighs> okay, so finally we get to go to dinner because this whole damn thing has been awkward. And poor, to me, in my opinion, hopefully this didn't spill over to Jocelyn because this is mean, okay? This is her wedding. Finally, just like... This dude, she loves, and you guys are fucking it up with your little teenage drama, okay? All these kids. I'd be pissed if Simon's girlfriend came and stuff. Like, I would just be annoyed. Why do they need to be here? This is supposed to be a special moment. This just, this whole thing was silly. Anyway, at the dinner, Simon asks about Jace, like, on the way to dinner, I guess. He asks Clary, like, what the hell was that weird shit about? She is not ready to talk about it yet. So she asks him about his mom and his living situation he tells her about the Kyle, like how he's staying there and stuff and, you know, all about what's going on and everything. And she's worried um, because, like, what if he's a serial killer? And Simon's like, no, it's cool. It's cool. I looked. If there was a cooler full of body parts, there no luck for me. I didn't get the blood because I didn't find one. And so he's going to be safe. Don't worry. So then Jocelyn at the dinner, Jocelyn and Luke are like chatting about wedding details. Apparently Luke's pack is throwing the couple a celebration reception thing since they aren't invited to the wedding because it's a really small wedding. They were like offended. So they're like, fuck it. We'll do it ourselves. (laughs) So Cleary is in La La Land, probably still feeling like crying and eating ice cream after that whole encounter earlier. And Simon is watching people at the gym across the street everyone's just in their own land at this at this uh, dinner it's like when everybody you see everybody at the table on their phones it's exactly what it reminds me of mm-hmm. <laughs> so simon's watching these people and he thinks about the people running on treadmills and is in his internal monologue says all that running and getting nowhere he thought story of my life yeah wait till you get to 2023 motherfucker i think there was a literal <laughs> eye roll emoji after he said that 
Um, <gasps> Who do you think you are, Claire Danes? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I think that it's weird that the pack isn't invited to the wedding. Like, it's weird that, like, why too. are you doing it at such a small place? Uh-huh. If that's the case, it's just weird. It's another, maybe Jocelyn has main character energy also. Right. I don't know. Anyway, back to where we're at in the book. Simon tries to shudder his thoughts away, but it's no use. He's got the blues. And unfortunately for him, it's not Kraft macaroni and cheese. <laughs> Bummer. Because that's the only kind of blues I want. Yes. And blues clues. Uh, he, I like blues clues. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's, that's fair. <laughs> So he thinks about how sitting at the diner with Jocelyn, Luke, and Clary was so familiar to him and how Daddy Luke was always family, even without the wedding, and he should feel comfortable like and at home, but no dice. And he is pulled from his thoughts by Jocelyn saying something that he didn't really hear. And instead of defaulting to just saying, oh, crazy, like I would, <laughs> he asked her what she said, which was um, like, oh, I heard from Clary that you added a new member to your band. And Simon can tell she's just trying to be polite. But Jocelyn had come to some of their shows and he knew that, like, she cared about him. And he even guessed that she knew about what Simon's true feelings for Clary had been. And, had like, he had to wonder if Jocelyn were able to choose, would she pick differently um, than her daughter had for Clary's future? Like, would she whatever? (laughs) And um, because he knows that Jocelyn doesn't really care for Jace. And this whole internal monologue really grinds my gears from last week's episode. Mm-hmm. Like, we obviously don't need to tangent on it again. But, like, it's miserable and sad. Like, he obviously feels like he's cared about by these two adults. Mm-hmm. And they're just not actually here for him for what he needs. Right. And if he's, like, having this many, like, family dinners and family vacations and all that stuff, they should absolutely be trying to help him. Yeah. Like, during the conversation at the dress shop. Luke's surprised that he knows anything about the New York City. He's like, yeah, I'm a fucking vampire, bro. Like, why haven't like, you Of been course I know about him. Raphael. And, well, I thought you were trying to be a human. I don't know. You didn't call to ask. You didn't fucking care. So. Right. Well, and also, um, I'm sorry, Luke. Don't you think that you're a prime example of why that's not really a logical solution and that you kind of mm-hmm. have to accept who you are now? You know what I mean? Well, like, and just... <laughs> Yeah, just go through it with him. I don't know. Yeah. It, 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 like, bridged the conversation to opening, and then they didn't have the conversation. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, again, we don't need to tangent after we tangent. So, Simon answers Jocelyn by telling her that his name is Kyle, and he's, quote, kind of a weird guy, but super nice. And he continues telling them all about his Kyle facts that he's collected, Leaving out that they're now roomies, but saying that he grows weird plants on his balcony. And I'm sorry, Kristen, they're not pot. It's not pot, but they do have silverly leaves. Which elicits a frown from Luke, but we don't get to figure out what his disapproval is because the waitress comes and fills coffee and her humidity blood smell is leaving Simon feeling extra hungry and disappointed that all he had at Kyle's was room temperature blood that was already beginning to separate. What? Gross. I never would have needed to know that in my entire life. I could have died without knowing that. Hearing that. No, thank you. So he thinks about Camille telling him how delicious and sweet the blood of the innocent is. And I'm assuming a trip to Taki sounds awesome now. So why are they not going there to eat? I mean, probably because, like, 
Jocelyn and Luke don't want to go there. It's far away. I don't know. But it just seems like they should have thought about Simon not being able to eat when they invited him out to eat. 100%. Absolutely. And I know all that Simon has at home is crappy blood, but like go to Takis and get blood. I don't know. Uh, which maybe he doesn't have money. But also, like, why would you not make sure that he's fed? Uh-huh. Yes. I feel like, again, this, what did you say? It might be in my mind palace, but I feel like Clary Offer, like, asked him, are you okay on your supply? Do you need anything? I, I swear I thought that happened. But I could be wrong. It might have been, like, the night before, but a couple of days, a couple of chapters ago, like, distance. But, uh-huh. but still, like... Why wouldn't you be checking again? Yeah. I just and constantly. If you're going, to, yeah. Well, and if you're going to invite a vampire out to eat, invite him to a place that he can eat at. Right. This, this I was just telling Amanda. You don't have to go to Olive Garden anymore. You can go to Takis. <laughs> yeah, and I was telling Amanda like maybe being in the downwarder thing makes Jocelyn uncomfortable. I don't know. I was just complaining to Amanda about this in the car. Like, how do I feel almost alone? apart from a gr- small group of other people that I actually give a shit about what other people think and what's good for them. Mm-hmm. And just like surrounded by selfish people, even in these books. Yeah. How are you not thinking outside of yourself? I don't know. Dude, seriously. Probably. Like when, when you just said that, I was like fucking Jocelyn doesn't give a fuck. She's only thinking mm-hmm. about herself. She don't give a fuck. Like everything about what she, like she is not a selfless person. She is selfish. Uh-huh. And that might just be because we haven't gotten great characterization of her, which is, you know, that's fine because this is YA and the parents are always kind of like, if you had good parents, you wouldn't be in a YA book because your life wouldn't be so fucked up, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm just like, man, like someone better redeem Jocelyn because this bitch is like, I'm like, Clary, you need to go no contact. I know. This woman dude. does not give a fuck about you. Well, and obviously it's like she's kind of picking up on some of those bad habits. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, we're going to just nail this. Like, we're going to strip the screw talking about it. It doesn't matter. <laughs> and, um, so um, Clary notices that Simon is off and asks him if everything is okay. And instead of saying, no, I'm a hungry, hungry hipster, he <laughs> tells her that he's fine and grabs his coffee cup with a shaking hand and watches the TV. Like the coffee cup, he can't like, he just can't even drink the coffee out of it, whatever. And the news is reporting on an abandoned baby at the hospital. And I quote, most disturbing, a handwritten note tucked into the child's blanket, begging hospital authorities to euthanize the child because I don't have the strength to do it myself. And of course, Clary's like shocked. She tells the table how horrible it is. And she doesn't understand how people just dump their babies in the trash. And Jocelyn looks like she's about to vomit. And Luke and Clary have, like, a five-minute Family Guy cutaway scene that's just going... (sighs) 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 And so Luke goes to chase his bride-to-be. And Clary's damning herself for being such an idiot. And Simon is perplexed because he's caught up in his own shit, of course. And he asks, like, what's the big deal? And Clary and Cassandra take this opportunity to revisit the Sebastian slash Jonathan revelation and a short list of, like, all of his evil deeds. And Simon points out that Jocelyn didn't abandon him as a baby. In fact, um, she stayed raising him when she knew something was wrong. 
And Clary does agree with that, but also says that she hated him and she hasn't ever gotten over it. And then tells Simon about the box labeled JC that she used to take out on his birthday and cry over the son that she would have had if Valentine hadn't experimented on his own baby. Like, it's it's a big loss. And Simon's like, yeah, and you would have had a real brother. And the whole conversation ruins the mood for food. And Clary pushes her plate away, asking the vampire if he knows that feeling when you're hungry but can't bring yourself to eat. <laughs> Which, whatever. So Luke comes back to leave the money on the table and to tell him that, um, like, tell that, like, I'm taking Jocelyn home. So Clary and Simon go to the comic book store, but the mood of the evening is just ruined. Uh, so they made plans to meet up again the next day, which sounds like a depressing epilogue to a short story I would have written in like the sixth grade. <sighs> I don't know the way it was written. It just it was very much kind of like wrapping things up. It, anyway, the whole like, like I get it. I I'm trying so hard to be sympathetic to uh -huh. Jocelyn and like understand where she's coming from and I, I like I get it but uh, she it's it's hard you're you're finding this hard too right I mean the whole thing like I said I feel like I'm beating a dead horse but like I do like it's awful not into it it does very Zero much feel like she's not reflecting on how her actions affect her child Agreed. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Interesting. I don't That's know. That's what I literally wrote anyway. Yeah. <laughs> that was my transition. Uh -huh. <laughs> so Simon takes the subway into the city with his hood up and his music really loud. And again, it's his iPod, which is totally mm -hmm. dating. Like you were talking about like Teflon. Now you would just use your iPhone instead of having a separate device. And his music really loud. And since he's a dude... No one bothers him. They're like, oh, headphones and a hood. You don't want to be talked to. Mm -hmm. You are male presenting. Simple masculine. I'll just leave you alone. Would have never happened to Clary had it been her, but whatever. And so he gets out and he keeps like bebopping up the street, blissfully <laughs> unaware that he's being tailed. <laughs> and once he finally feels like somebody's... Wait, I said that wrong. Somebody's watching me. Uh, these two henchmen are on him. And they're dressed just like the guy in the gray tracksuit. One that I'm taking the liberty of imagining has Juicy written across the butt cheeks. Absolutely. Yes. In rhinestones. Yes. It is that time frame. Yeah. It's his velour tracksuit. Yeah. So, so Simon leaps back with his vampy strength and surprises himself by jumping up the stoop of a house that was several feet away from where he was. And Simon internally is calling these dudes muggers, but they don't react to him flying, like his flying superhuman leap. And they keep advancing on him, which is, as Kristen would say, red flag number one. It's a bad sign. <laughs> yeah. There was no reaction to that. It's not normal. When, when they don't and change their pace speaking. at all, and they're just they no. just keep coming. That's that's serial killer energy. We don't need that. That that is that is <laughs> awful. Oh, uh, sorry, my. Just call it, relax. I just want to take some pictures. Anyway, um, they're also <laughs> speaking the same guttural language that the first one did. Mm -hmm. And Simon's beginning to suspect that they might not be muggers after all. As far as he knows, there isn't like some thieves guild that's out to seek revenge <laughs> on him for the death of the first guys. It tastes suspicious. Mm -hmm. They close in on him and have him trapped on the stoop. And Simon takes his headphones out. 
and tries to level with them, explaining that attacking him is going to leave them having a horrible, no good, very bad day. And whoever sent them isn't paying them enough for what's going to happen to them if they attack. The velour tracksuit bandits laugh. And one of them takes out a gun. And Simon keeps trying to plead with them that they're making poor life choices. But he fails his persuasion check. And the man raises a gun and pulls back the hammer. And Simon's panic causes his fangs to come out. And he ends up biting his lip, yelling one last don't before something dark falls from the sky. No, not my paranoid nightmare of an air conditioner falling out of a window. It was a person, and they knocked the air, air quote mugger, onto the ground, skidding the gun out of his hand. The second one picks up the gun and pulls the trigger. The spark appears at the gun's muzzle, and then it exploded, and so did the mugger, shattering apart in a soft explosion, leaving nothing in its wake but a drizzle of salt. And Simon sunk to the ground, only to be roused back up again by Jace grabbing him by the wrist and yelling his name. And a gearless Jace starts asking Simon what the hell that was. And he's, of course, like groggy and is still reeling over the fact that Jace just fell from the sky to jump his would-be muggers. He's like, what the fuck is happening? And Jace is like, bruh, those weren't muggers. They were following you since you got off the subway. Uh, Someone sent them. They're henchmen. In fact, not muggers. And they aren't exactly demons, but definitely not human. Um, The one on the ground, like, beat feet when that had happened to his homie. Like, he saw the salt and he was just like, I'm out, deuces. I'm not going to hang around. This guy wasn't fucking around. And uh, Jace asked him uh, if what happened to the shooter was because of the mark, telling Simon that he saw it glowing white just before he dissolved. Mm. And Jace has seen a lot of shit in his life, but nothing quite like that before and simon tells him that he didn't do anything um and jay says that he didn't need to quoting for it is written vengeance is mine i will repay saith the lord (laughs) and scene (laughs) yes that that's it and i'm sure we'll have yeah i guess we'll figure out why jace was stalking simon Uh i mean he got his jacket so that's all that matters yep exactly exactly okay so make sure that you read chapter six wake the dead for next week's episode for behind the scenes content and the latest updates check us out on instagram at down world or dish podcast we'll see you next time bye bye